0: Wonderful. Thank you, musicians. That was great. Singers. Awesome. Awesome to be back. Thank you very much. And uh, we were going to, uh, we would planned to have uh, Owen to come up and uh, share with us this morning. And Owen bought a clip from Pakistan, but unfortunately the format it was in, it didn't kind of work. And uh, sometimes you've got to reformat things, so... Never mind. So what we'll do is rather than, uh, rather than uh, just have one one week and one the other week, we'll put it all together and we'll get it all sorted out. And uh, I've, I've had the same trouble myself. I came to hate video clips after a while because I could never get them to work. In the end, I've learned how. You bring them sorted out before you get to the meeting, so we're going to have a, it'll be great. So we're looking forward to hearing from you and hearing all the things God's doing in Pakistan. But we're going to hear from China today. We're going to hear from Kalinda. Uh, Kalinda, as you know, Kalinda and Duggar and their family are in China. For those of you who haven't met them, they were pastors on staff. They've gone up and uh, they're working there in the underground church. Kalinda's also working among uh, people who have been caught into prostitution and uh, they've been sold off by family members or they've been tricked into prostitution, and she's helping counsel them and get them free. So we're gonna get a little clip and hear what's been going on So Let's have a listen and see what's happening.
1: Hi Bay City, our family is so excited to be seeing you all again early next year. I have so many stories I want to share with you. Just this month, we saw a teenage girl being dragged off by traffickers. I wanted to rush in and see justice done, but no one would help. And as I stood there feeling so angry and helpless, yet as I began to praise and worship God, I saw an amazing thing happen. The atmosphere began to change. Peace came into a place of violence. And through one radical act of kindness and love, those traffickers' hearts were touched and the girls slipped away. God's ways are certainly not our own. Love never fails, love always wins. Thank you Bay City for being a part of extending the Father's love in dark places. And thank you for continuing to pray for us, for our safety, we love you.
0: Praise the Lord, well thank you Kalinda. Fantastic, and we're sorry we didn't see Kalinda today but that's just another, another. we can do it again. So uh, just great to see how God is working through her. Uh, Some of the stuff she's doing, very dangerous. And uh, there's always a risk for both of them all the time So I encourage you to continue to pray with them, pray for them and support them while they're there Amen Why not you open your Bible with me briefly into 1 Samuel chapter 16 <coughs> I want to share with you something Lord just dropped into my heart actually this morning Would you believe I've been praying and seeking God last night And I was saying, God, you've got to talk to me and, uh, But then he did So now we're right and, uh Always a bit worried if I don't have God speak to me fresh And uh, I want to share with you just out of three passages Here's the first scripture I've got two other scriptures I want to look at uh, briefly And uh, the message I want to speak on is One thing is needed One thing is needed And uh, in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 16 Now the Lord said to Samuel How long will you mourn for Saul Seeing I've rejected him from raising reigning over Israel Fill your horn with oil and go That word go Fill your horn with oil, go. I'm sending you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I've provided myself a king among his sons. Now I know there's many ways we could uh, interpret this or look at it. I want to just raise it from this perspective today. I want to just let us begin to just see from uh, the heart of God what worked yesterday isn't necessarily going to work in the future. Uh, Saul was once anointed by God, Saul was once mightily used by God Saul carried the presence of God, Saul's heart had changed Saul was quite a gifted person, Saul arose for a season in Israel's history But he would not flow with what was the heart of God This has always been a difficulty for the church over centuries Is tuning into what God is saying now and moving with what God is saying now We cannot live in our past experience, we can't live in our past victories, we can't live in our past breakthroughs, we have to be current in our relationship with God, and what God is saying is He said, I don't want you to mourn over or stay attached to what I used to work on. I hear people and they they talk about great experiences they had years ago, and we've had some great Years of revival and all kinds of things Have happened over the years We can't look back and say how great that was And how wonderful, wish we could have that back We've actually got to continue to look forward And say God what are the new things you want to bring us into What are the fresh things your spirit is on What are you speaking to us About in this day and this hour And, uh, and this, is a, this requires That we become closer We become intimate with God We need to hear what he's saying And we need to make response Success doesn't come from just hanging on Success comes from flowing with what God is saying for us to do Jesus put it this way Man shall not live by bread alone But every word that God is speaking So what is God speaking to you? What is God speaking into your life at this time? One of the most important things in all of us And include us as a corporate body Is to hear what God is saying And cooperate with Him or align ourselves with what He's doing Uh, Saul at the age of 40 was yesterday's man of God Saul at the age of 40 was yesterday's man of God Moses at the age of 40 was tomorrow's man of God Moses at the age of 80 became today's man of God The age of 80 So it's nothing to do with age It has to do with where your heart lies Your openness to God and willingness to yield to Him and flow with what he's saying and doing All of us would come from some tradition, some background We'll all have a church experience, a Christian experience of some kind Be some who may not have that But all of us, if you've been a Christian for a while Have experiences or traditions that, we, that formed a part of where we've come from But they can't be what we lean on to be able to go forward we have to continually be looking what God's got his hand on And say, that's where I want my heart to be That's where I want to align my life And God is always speaking afresh to the church Globally, God has been speaking to the church about harvest It's nothing surer than for the last decade God has been speaking everywhere across the world About harvest, the harvest of souls He's been speaking consistently the word go Go Don't just come to meetings. Do more than come. I believe it's important we come, we gather as the church, that we build great meetings and great places to experience God and hear the Word of God. But then the commanders or the mandators to go and take the gospel to people who don't know Him. You know, if you have a think about Jesus' first uh, message that He spoke, it started off in a church meeting. And if you follow through that message, you'll find they started off saying, this is wonderful well, was isn't it? Glorious He was speaking about the anointing The Spirit of the Lord is upon me The Holy Ghost has anointed me They all said, oh, this is wonderful But by the time he'd finished, they were in a fury and wanted to kill him And Why was that? Why did the crowd that loved him when he spoke of the anointing then come furious? Why did they suddenly change? Here's why they changed Because Jesus revealed That God's heart is for the world, not just for Israel And when they spoke that, when Jesus spoke that They became furious And He reminded them, because they thought they were the privileged people He reminded them that There was a day in Israel's life when the only leper that got healed was outside of Israel There was a day in Israel's history when the only poor person that got a miracle, the widow was outside of Israel He reminded them that God is not limited to the group that say we're the people of God And that applies to a nation, it applies to a church, it applies to us God is not limited, God is not restricted The moment we think we're the only thing, and that God is with us, and that God works through us And we're the people of God, and we're special The moment we start to think that way, we begin to lose what makes us the people of God God is never to be contained, He's never going to be contained to any one of us He'll never be contained within one church, God's heart He's for the world, he's for our community He's for Napier, Taradale, Hastings He's for Flaxman, he's for Havlock God has got a heart for these people And God is desiring that they be touched I want you to have a look in, in, uh, in Luke chapter 10 And I want to just draw a lesson from the life of Mary and Martha And I want to just show you something That's it's quite fresh to me the, And uh, just the, the emphasis that the Holy Ghost gave Just as I was speaking today Just waiting on him And it says verse 38 Now you'll know the story Both these stories you're going to know very well But I want to connect the two stories together Because there's something that turns up in both stories Uh, There's something that turns up in both stories There are two things actually Let's have a look at it The first story is this uh, In in, uh, Luke chapter 10 verse 38 It came to pass as he entered a certain village A certain woman named Martha Welcomed Jesus into a house So Martha had a house, she made Jesus welcome. She also had a sister called Mary, notice this, who also, that means she welcomed Jesus into a house, but she did something different as well. So both Mary and Martha made Jesus incredibly welcome, but Mary did one other thing also. She sat at Jesus' feet and she heard his word. She listened to what Jesus was teaching and having to say. And it says, but Martha was very distracted or burdened with serving, but serving, not little serving. She was a real into it, serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, don't you care? My sister has led me to serve alone. Tell her to help me. Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you're worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. Mary's chosen the good part. It'll not be taken away so notice first of all that one, both of them received Jesus. They made Jesus very, very welcome. So they picture for us of believers who open their heart to Jesus Christ, receive Jesus, make Jesus welcome in our life. But Mary did something different. She came and she intentionally sat at Jesus' feet, sitting at Jesus' feet, Notice where she sat. She sat at the feet of Jesus. She sat at Jesus' feet. It was in the position of a disciple, a learner. She positioned herself to learn. I found some people love to come to meetings, but they don't want to learn. It's another thing to learn. To learn means you apply what you learn to your life. Biblical learning has always uh, has something to do with how we live. Uh, in, when I went to university, I had to memorize a tremendous amount of stuff. I have to learn a lot of things, but that's not biblical learning because I had no application for it. I came out of, uh, out of university, I really couldn't do anything much with what I had learned. That's not biblical learning. Biblical learning is where what we hear, we put into practice in our life and our life begins to change. You know, biblical learning, you know what you're living out. The rest is all head knowledge. And so in the West, our education systems turn towards, uh, over many years, turn, and the church has done the same thing, turn towards teaching, turn towards uh, mental assent to truth. But God's plan is that actually it's worked out in our life. So Mary sat at a place at Jesus' feet, and what she had in her heart was a hunger to be taught, a hunger for revelation, a hunger to hear personally. You can go on the Internet and draw down messages. You can come to church and draw down messages. But you need to hear God Personally, the heart of a relationship is listening. If we don't, the big breakdown that comes in relationships with marriage, family, or in church, wherever it is, it always comes about, uh, and there's a whole number of reasons for it, but one consistent thing is not listening. Just Not listening long enough to find the heart of the person Jumping to assumptions and shutting the person off And we don't really know what is going on in their heart That's one of the main reasons relationships break down We haven't developed the skill of listening Till we find what's in the heart of the person All hearing is connected to the heart You can learn listening skills, but it's only if we have a heart, a desire to connect and really understand where this person's coming from, that we really build bridges of communication. That requires that you listen hard and ask questions until you've got it clear. Mary heard his word. Here's the interesting thing Jesus said. He said, uh, and, and hearing his word means that there was a desire for intimacy and a willingness to do what he said. So she had a desire to hear what Jesus was saying. Not what he said a week ago. Not what he said a year ago, but what is he saying today, right now? And she sat there with a hunger, not only to hear what Jesus had to say, but to tap into the flow of listening to him and responding to him. So hearing always has to do with the heart and our desire for intimacy. It also has our willingness To respond to what we hear by doing it And so you notice here she applied herself It's interesting that in Revelations 2.7 Now the Spirit is speaking to the church And this is what he says He said, he that has an ear to hear what the Spirit says to the church Now that's an interesting thing, isn't it? Implying lots of people are in church But don't have an ear to hear what God is saying Church is not about just meetings It's about a vital dynamic relationship with Jesus And the core of that is that we are hearing from Him Receiving revelation from Him In Mark chapter 4, I think verse 24 Jesus said, to him that has ears to hear or a heart to hear He said, more will be given So when we have a hunger to hear And we are listening and responding to what God is saying God just keeps giving you more But if you don't respond, here's the downside If we listen to messages and apply nothing, then we become deaf What does that mean? It means you're walking as a Christian, but you're not hearing anything that God is saying A terrible position to be in In uh, Hebrews 5, it talked about people, these are Hebrew Christians These are Hebrews. so they knew the Hebrew culture They knew everything about the Hebrew background And they had quite some experience He said, you are dull of hearing Your hearing is going, and he said here's why your hearing is going Because you haven't exercised, you haven't actually applied yourself to do what God says to do It's only in the doing that you actually grow in your hearing You can get a message or get a prophetic word from God Here's the interesting thing about learning how to flow in the gifts of the Spirit All the gifts of the Spirit flow off one thing hearing and not only hearing, but actually stepping out to act So if you want to get a prophetic word, God will only give you a seed Yet that seed could change someone's life But for it to change someone's life, you've got to take the little bit you've got And start to step out the step of faith, walking out like And as you walk out, God gives you more That's the whole realm of the Spirit operates that way Jesus said the kingdom operates like a seed, so and so is the seed Saying is, everything God gives you is little But you've got to act on it, embrace it And act on it, as you act on it It's in the acting on it that the change takes place You can wait go to Bible. You know, I've seen people go to Bible school They come back unchanged I've seen people go through all kinds of studies They come back unchanged Because of the one thing It's actually about hearing God And applying your life to do what God says It's in the doing that the change takes place is they that right? The doing that change. So many Applied herself to here Now, I, want, I wanted to bring this out because I want to show you something that happens. <laughs> see, that, that, that's, that's uh, and we're going to see something that she comes into shortly. So, notice what Martha. Now, Martha's still a good friend of Jesus. They were his friends. So, Martha is also another believer. And Martha is in church and she's, Jesus is there. But you know what? She's there, but she's distracted doing what? She had lots of things to do. Her to do list was enormous. She was like a person living in today's society that's under a lot of pressure, a lot of stress, a lot of demands. That's what our society is like now. It didn't used to be like that. It used to be pretty cruisy and laid back. But now pressure and stress is everywhere, and ordinary people that would you'd not think they'd be have any reason to be stressed, feeling stress and pressure and demands on life. And the Bible says of Martha, she was distracted. She was burdened, divided, and in turmoil, and all over the place. Why? Because she had pressure on her of so many things to do. And what it caused her to do was to lose what was important to her life, which is actually fresh connection with God. And I'm not talking just about reading your Bible. God speaks to our heart. Not everyone can read too well But that doesn't mean God doesn't speak to them God can speak to the person who can't read just as easily If not better sometimes Than the person who can read Because they're doing a lot of reading up in their head But the person who can't read can going to say God speak to me I need to hear your voice I need you to talk to me It's one of the things I love You don't have to be educated uh, in, in, in a natural sense To be able to get something from God It's great to be educated You can do more with your life that way But it doesn't mean you'll be a success Heaps of people went to school, didn't succeed Not at all Other people didn't go to school too well But they just succeeded in life It's all about what goes on in the heart And the things of the heart Now notice she's distracted and she's all over the place And what happens is when your heart gets divided When your heart gets burdened with the stresses of life And you lose a rest with God in your personal walk Some things come out of it Notice what comes out First of all, the first thing that happens Is you notice that she says Lord, you don't seem to care Her esteem went down if you're suffering from a lack of esteem, maybe your time with God And intimacy with God needs to be refreshed He loves you, he cares for you So the first thing she says is, Lord So she starts to accuse God of not caring about her No love, no care Look at all these things I've got to do The second thing you notice, she says She said, uh, don't you care, my sister Now the sister's actually got a name, she doesn't use the name So she's quite resentful My sister, my sister, she doesn't care about me She left me to serve alone Sister hadn't left her She just made another choice She just made a different choice See? But here she is acting like a victim thinking My sister's abandoned me And she won't help me She's so selfish And you see her Next thing you notice She's full of resentment She let me to serving alone So the thing that she wanted to do Which was a joy to her Now she's pressured and burdened and stressed out And she's all in a turmoil inside And notice what she's saying Lord you don't care My sister she's so selfish She won't even come and help me And here I am Look what I'm doing He smells smoking martyr I'm serving alone I'm the only one Elijah got the same problem, serving alone. No, he wasn't. God said, No, 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 there's heaps of people. 7,000 of them haven't bowed to Baal. So this is a distorted view of life. And now notice what she ends up doing. Lord, you make that sister, you make her come and help me. This nonsense trying to manipulate God to get her world sorted out. You know, people go there when you lose connection with God, you'll end up having problems with people and with carrying the weight of life. You'll end up burdened and weary. Jesus, you don't have to be burdened and weary. Come and get your center sorted out. Get the center of your life sorted out. Anxiety is a sure sign that you have got priorities wrong somewhere in your life. So, Jesus, notice the thing that Jesus said Jesus did several things First thing that's good to hear Is he didn't get manipulated You know, you can't make Jesus do anything Isn't that weird? You can't make God do anything it's, I know it's hard to It's a bitter pill to swallow that one That nothing you do can make God do anything You can pray You can fast You can declare You can plead You can yell It won't make him do anything Actually God is not our servant Hello It's not about you There's something bigger here We're the servants of God And so the first thing is Jesus Won't be eliminated, second thing you notice is He refuses to deal with the issue The issue Is simply this, there's a 12 or 13 people with Jesus, there's a lot of work to be done preparing a meal, and here she is trying to get the meal already alone He ignores the issue altogether, He do- notice what he does, he addresses the heart And You know, you may have lots of problems in your life, but at the end Jesus will go for the heart every time Once you've got the heart sorted out, you'll sort the problem out, and if you read the story, he never did a thing to solve the problem Not one thing to solve the problem What he did was he changed or confronted the person's heart in the midst of their problem That's how God works, confronts the heart He said Martha, Martha In other words he affirmed a value, I love you But then he puts his finger on it You are uptight and troubled and in turmoil You're like a, a sea that's tossed around by the waves You are out of control That's what virtually what he's saying the so next time you get all stressed out, you are out of control That's what's going on, you're out of control you, You've got the control yourself and you have, you're out of God's control You haven't got it in the Lord's hands anymore You've taken over your world Well, well done, you know, good for you You'll find it's a very hard thing running your own world without God Very stressful, that's how people have breakdowns So he's, he just points out you're troubled and anxious about many things and He said there's one thing is necessary, one thing is needed there's one thing that's needed to help you solve these stresses in life, and that is to maintain intimacy, connection, and keep the right priority with God, that He's in charge You're going to work it out with us You're going to help us, you don't have to be stressed The Lord our Shepherd, everything's going to be okay But when you get into that stressed state, now you've taken over, and you're in control and you're trying to run your life, it's hard being God It really is hard Especially when you're God, to your marriage, and your family, and everyone around you, and you've got to have all the answers, it's really hard, <laughs> and you, you know, you'll find yourself stressed out And Then he said, he said one thing's needed, the marriage made a choice So notice this, he said, it's actually a choice how you spend your day How many people have got more than a 24 hour day? I'd like one more than a 24 hour day, but actually I've only got a 24 hour day Then tomorrow it's the same We've all got the same day, it's what we do with our day that determines how our life is going to go, and what you do with your days determined by what's the priorities of your heart Now I want to show you something interesting Now, next time you hear Mary and Martha mentioned, there's another situation Now let's have a look at it, it's found in John chapter 12 John chapter 12 Here's Mary and Martha again, John chapter 12 verse 1 And here it is Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus, who had been dead, whom he raised from the dead so it tells us where they were and what's significant about that place. And they made him a supper, and there it is. Martha's serving again. Good honor, she's a great servant. We're all called to serve. But Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. So Lazarus, isn't this great? Mary, Martha's serving, Lazarus sitting there and having a feed. Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil one of the disciples called Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him Why wasn't this fragrant old soul for 300 denarii give to the poor? He said, not that he cared for the poor, but he was a thief He took the money, he had the money box He was the accountant He was ripping it all off (laughs) This is nothing new about what's going on today, is it? It's an old thing, and he used to take what was put in it There it is, it tells it straight out He used to take what was put in the money box How about that? How low can you get? Taking the offering when we were here at the beginning We had some gang members Stole our offering box But we haven't had that before They gave the box back But not the money But then it was very early days And there wasn't much money in the box And, and Jesus said leave her alone Now I want to show you several things in there Firstly the place Because every time th- these stories come up They speak of something So the first thing it says It's Bethany And uh, it's the place where Lazarus Was raised from the dead Now you notice That it's a place where God once did a great miracle Now resurrection's a pretty stunning miracle isn't it? It's a pretty great miracle And so it's a place where God had once moved It's a place where God had poured out his blessing It's a place where the whole town's in an uproar Because Lazarus who was dead four days And he rises from the dead, everyone sees it And some were happy and some wanted to kill him But but everyone knew someone rose from the dead It was famous Now notice this, Lazarus and the place he was in was famous because of what God once did But this is another day You can't live in what God once did You can't live in the experience you once had You can't live in the miracle of yesterday You can't live of what God once did in your life. One great experience you had, one great meeting you were in, one great outpouring of the Holy Spirit We can't live there, that's the whole point But Lazarus was happy to live there Lazarus was happy to stay there, in fact it said he sat down at the table with Jesus, and he was just having a good feast He was enjoying what God had done in the past Martha was caught up with all of the needs, but Mary's the one we want to get our uh, our, our eye on What did Mary do? now? Here's the thing, I looked at it and I looked about the whole thing with the oil, and then it just dawned on me. I felt it was the Holy Ghost. Mary understood that God was doing something different now. God was about to do something much bigger, much different, that was going to impact the whole world. So Lazarus is enjoying the resurrection, and now he can. I mean, if you've been resurrected from the dead and you've been dead four days, you'd be enjoying your meals, wouldn't you? Eh? Be happy drinking wine and eating the food, and tell Jesus to change more water into wine. Have I mean, you'll be just enjoying it all, and so he's enjoying that. Martha is busy serving, but Mary has caught in the spirit what God is about to do. One of the things about intimacy with God is it connects us not to what God did in the past, what He's currently doing with us now. And so you notice she rose up And there's several things she did She took some, uh, uh, a spike not a, a blah, blah, blah. No, I'll get that right in a moment She took some costly anointing A pound of very costly oil of spike Notice very costly uh, Very costly There's a whole year's wages in there So You figure that one out Whole year's wages This is what she did Notice what she did There's several things that you notice are there She understood what God was about to do She understood that Jesus was about to die on the cross, and that God was going to offer salvation to the world She understood prophetically what God was doing now, and she aligned herself with what God was doing now Now do you think everyone in the household understood her? No! And It's interesting that when God does new things, mostly the people that oppose it other people who once said, "We love God and we 're serving God, and we had this great experience we 've moved with God one time." So all revivals in history when they broke out, it was the church of the day that resisted what God was wanting to do. and when, Pe- when Jesus said to peter i 'm going to go to the cross," he said, "Oh i don 't think so, Lord this' is not a good idea. let 's have a talk about that. This is not a good idea. Crosses are bad. See And they are pretty horrible things too, but he didn 't understand. What was in the heart of God concerning the world Mary caught it, and not only did she catch it, she aligned with it Now that's what the story's about, and how did she align with it? Number one, extreme generosity That's nearly a whole year's wage I don't know where she got all that kind of money We're talking thousands and thousands of dollars tied up in that bottle of ointment And she took it, and gave it, and made it available to the Lord she caught the spirit of the cross She caught the spirit of what she's about to do And she responded in three ways Number one, she responded with great generosity She took what was very precious to herself And she made it available to the Lord that, that, that word oil often refers to the anointing of the Holy Spirit Listen, you only carry the anointing of the Holy Ghost and the fragrance of the Spirit of God if you've spent time in prayer And if you learn to obey God and deal with the issues of your heart The Bible says don't grieve the Holy Spirit by letting bitterness get in your heart Yet all over New Zealand there are so many people with bitterness in their heart Sitting in churches Grieve the Holy Spirit Have no oil, no fresh activity of the Holy Ghost on their life at all So let's just look at that costly oil That costly jar of oil It's a flow of the Holy Spirit that comes about Because you are willing to spend time with God And let your life be lined up right I have gone all over the world I found a lot of places where people have very little oil very little flow of the Spirit of God And you can't rest on what the pastor has You've got what you've got You've got what you paid the price for You can't borrow what someone else has got You've only got what you spent time in prayer to gather with God You've only got what you did privately and she had done something privately she, had, she was the only one I see in the house That had the ointment She had the oil And there she is So the first thing is great generosity She responds to what God's doing With extreme generosity second thing she does She responds with great humility Notice what she did She knelt down at Jesus' feet We'll get to that in a moment She knelt at the feet well, His feet here got The only way you can get down to someone's feet You've got to actually kneel and bow down And you can't get any lower than that It's as low as you can go to touch someone's feet and minister to someone's feet Now Jesus may have been reclining but either way it doesn't really matter She actually had to bend right down, bow right down to connect with his feet And notice what she did She took her hair, must have long hair, the Bible says the hair is the glory of a woman She, She poured the oil on his feet and then she took her hair and she wiped his feet now, if you ever a woman you 'd understand if you 've got sticky tacky oil and you wipe your hair in it and the feet are dirty, what is going to happen to the hair? It is going to look absolutely dreadful, tacky, matted, full of the dirt, perhaps it was on his feet, and even if there' was no dirt if they'd washed the feet, just the very fact that you Wipe someone's feet with your hair when the feet's all covered with oil That leaves your hair matted, tacky It certainly doesn't leave you looking good Here's the thing, humility is not concerned about appearances Humility is not concerned about how you look before people, image before people It's concerned about a genuine, authentic heart to care for people This is what God's looking for in this move of the Spirit, looking for people who got a servant heart Jesus Himself washed feet, and He said, I've done the lowliest of job, you guys ought to be able to do the same, because I'm the one who set the example Mary was the only one I see in the Bible that got even anywhere near catching that, and doing it No record of the disciples doing it, but there's a record that Mary did this, so humility when it talks about the feet of Jesus, how do we do this to the feet of Jesus? Very very simple Jesus said in Matthew 25 Whenever you serve or meet the needs of someone, then you are ministering to him Jesus said, they said well you know when do we see you naked? When do we see you poor? When do we see you in prison? When do we see you with all these conditions? He said when you did it to the least of my brethren, you did it to me So he established a principle, a principle that sets aside The genuine from the fake, the genuine serve, the fake look good The genuine serve, sheep's goats, he said how you distinguish the sheep from the goat is serving, 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 serving Serving is the principle of the kingdom Father served the Son, the Son served the Father, Holy Ghost served the Son Serving is a part of the Kingdom of God Greatness is all due to serving And yet, we live in a culture that's all about me getting ahead and getting what I need You don't find that in Mary She caught the whole spirit of what she's about to do Jesus is about to extend an invitation to people from every generation and every nation to come into the blessings of the Kingdom of God And to do that, He has to be generous, and pour out His life he has to be humble, and become as a servant, and he has to do it with love, because without love there's absolutely no value in it So three qualities she displayed as she did this mighty act Love that sacrifices, generosity that just is abundant in giving, and humility just serves and meets the people Here's the interesting thing, so she did this She caught sight of what God is about to do for the world And she aligned herself with what God is about to do to the world Right now the Spirit of God speaks everywhere globally about reaching the lost About winning souls for Christ Notice what happens is when she did this, one person's action and the fragrance The anointing couldn't be hid There's something about doing kindness to people There's something about generosity to people There's something about serving people, meeting needs That brings a fragrance of God's presence there See, many people come to church, but it's not necessarily that they bring anything with them, but when you've given yourself to serving God, when you've opened your heart to be, show kindness, to show love, to minister, and you're doing it under the directing of the Holy Ghost, you carry fragrance around your life There's something different about you A person who's not selfish, they're generous the, uh, You think about this, generosity, a person who's mean spirited, they carry something that you can smell when you get near them It freezes money like that A person who's generous, and got a generous heart, I notice they have a generous personality most of the time too, that they're actually generous in every aspect of their life You can feel it, and taste it, it touches everything they do A person's got humility, there's no ego, they're not trying to project themselves, not trying to look good, not trying to make a name for themselves They just genuinely, actually want to care and help You know there's a fragrance around that There's a sweetness around that, it's always unmistakable And a person whose heart is motivated by love and actually is willing to sacrifice, that kind of person, you always notice them There's something they carry in their life that is precious It's absolutely precious, it's costly, it's beyond value Now here's the thing I want you to notice too <coughs> Mary caught sight of what was God, God was doing and aligned with him What was he doing? He's making his heart known, he's going to give his life for the world She aligned with it. notice in the two stories something happened in both stories The one person doing the right thing provoked something in someone else Mary spending time in intimacy with Jesus, and listening to His word provoked a response in the person who does not go for intimacy, and just wants to be busy, busy, busy And Jesus corrected Martha, and endorsed Mary Now same thing happens again Mary is now extravagantly pouring out of herself, and notice what happens Judas steps up this time, and Judas is now complaining of this extravagant waste Do you think it's because he cares about the poor? He doesn't care about the poor at all, it's just hypocrisy Actually what he showed up was hypocrisy, he showed up his, uh, his bitterness in his heart He was a thief, he just wanted to take for himself And notice what happens He fronts up and says It shouldn't have been done like this He's he's just a hypocrite He's pointing You know what he's doing? He's pointing the finger at someone else's generosity Jesus just rebuked him and told him off It's interesting In both stories Mary made the right choice In both stories It provoked a response I wonder in those stories Where you are at I wonder where you are I wonder whether you're living out of yesterday's experience, and it's been a long time since you've caught the heart of God, is to go to the lost people, to reach out to lost people, to share the gospel with them, to show kindness with them, to show abundance to them. See, this is the spirit we're trying to build in the church. It's why we sent people into different nations. It cost us a lot to send people up to China. It cost us a lot to send people into Pakistan. It's been a sacrifice for us, but that's because we're catching the heart of God. This is his heart. You know what it cost him? It cost him. He sent his only son from heaven into the earth because he loves people. That's great generosity. It's unbelievable humility. And it's certainly the greatest demonstration of sacrificial love you'll ever see. I want to align with heaven's agenda. I want to align with what God is saying. I want us as a church to align with what God is saying It's not about us, it's actually about God and it's about the purpose of God, the plan of God, and getting on God's page It's about us aligning our lives with what God is doing now I'm excited about what we're doing. I'm excited about what we're doing in nations. I'm excited that we have people go most weeks to the prison. I'm excited we have people go out from here and onto the streets and preach the gospel. People going into schools to preach the gospel. I'm excited about those things. I just pray that we would catch the spirit of what God is doing and say, God, here am I, and I'll take my life and pour it out. I'll begin to listen and align with what you're saying I could do. No one told her she had to do that She found out what she could do God wants you to hear what you can do I wonder what you could do to take Christ to people Let me share with you one story There was a woman in a church in, in America I can't remember quite where it is now But the pastor told me the story And uh, she had this really big desire for God to work with her and To use her And uh, she had very little giftings or skill But she was a hairdresser And so anyway she just started to pray and God just spoke into her heart, and dropped into her heart I want you to go walk around the city She began to walk around the city praying And she came to one area and she noticed there was a strip club there In fact, she was a street, there were several strip clubs And God dropped an idea into her heart And she went and knocked on the door and she said I wonder if I could uh, just have a little bit of your time She spoke to the manager of the place He said, listen, he said, I know you've, she said, I know you've got these girls that go there And they perform 10 o'clock on Whatever nights and so on. She said, What I'd love to do is to come down uh, uh, a little earlier in the evening and I like to use my gift to just bless them so they look beautiful when they get up. I'd like to do their hair. And the guy was shocked, as you could imagine, just like most Christians would be shocked. He said, We're shocked for a different reason. We're shocked that anyone would think of doing a thing like that. a Christian. Oh, we become like Judas. Hiding and covering, actually we're too miserable to do that See it's a, it's a terrible thing when you start to judge people who are generous Give me the generous person every time If a person's generous, God will sort them out on the way If they're mean, that's a real hard one to overcome Because it goes right through to the bone And she, So she went there and every night she'd go down there And so you just do the girls here they were amazed someone would come and just do the service for them free And she made no judgment about what they were doing She made no comment about what they were doing Didn't even disapprove of it Anyway her heart was just there I just want to bless them And what happened was then She felt God just dropped in her heart Why don't you bring a video along for, Of the church service and the pastor preaching Let him watch See if anyone wants to watch it And she, she prayed a little bit And thought this one here is probably open She said while I'm doing it here Would you like to watch something She said yeah, I'd love to And she put a little portable DVD player down She began to watch the messages And after a few weeks That girl opened her heart Came to Christ Next thing you know Another one come to They all came to Christ. Not good for business, of course, because they had a bit of a change of heart. (laughs) Once they come to Christ, they want to be doing such things. But there was quite a period when she is just being generous and serving, sacrificially giving, and God started to touch hearts. Hearts that felt no agenda felt the fragrance of something they'd never felt before that someone loved them. And touched the hearts. People can tell and smell the genuine. They can also smell the fake It would be amazing If we found ways That God could use us To reach some people around us We may be the only way That God will ever connect with them Wouldn't it be great To just begin to pray and say God how would you use me You have to wait for permission God's given you permission He said go Find out a way You could touch. There's some of you here doing that already. I know people here are looking after orphans and widows and helping all kinds of ways, but we just need to be much bigger in our heart as a church, individually and corporately. Why don't we just close our eyes right now, Father? Oh, I just feel his presence, tremendous love that God has for people. Last week, I felt stirred by it. So I heard the stories of people. Horrendous stories. People just needing someone to love them and help them find a Savior. Let me just ask you a couple of questions. First, have you received Jesus into your heart and life? Do you know Him as your Savior? If you don't, this is a great day to make that decision. A Christian, join your life to God. He loves you. If you're a person here today and you realize you're a bit like Martha, you got so busy that you've lost your way with God. The Lord doesn't condemn you or judge you. He said, I didn't come to judge anyone, I come to save people. The two don't go together. When you're judging, you're not saving. You become a little God. Now I've come to save people. So if we're falling away, why don't you say right now in your heart, Jesus, I want to build my time back with you. Can you remember once when you prayed and God was touching you and you prayed and you saw things happen and you were so excited about Jesus and so excited about what he was doing with all the new things he was showing you and and somehow over time, all of that's gone. Today, you need to come back to him. Jesus, I seem to have lost my way that's so busy, so much pressure. I've lost connection with you. Perhaps you're here today and you're saying this, God, show me how I could bless people, how I could touch people. Show me how I could take what I have and use it to be a blessing to people. Show me the harvest that you have me reach out to. Show me, the people see, it can be such a simple thing. Most of us have been in church a while, you think everything is all big and complicated, and it's about ministry and platform and stuff. Most of the work of God is not done here, it's done outside. There's one man. <coughs> come to church about once a month in this church in America and the pastor said I noticed that you come once a month and he said yeah that's about all I'm into he said well I wonder on that one day that you come whether you could bring this this uh, this woman she's a widow and bring her to church she lives out where you live he said yes okay I'll do that so once a month he drew, brought her to the church meeting and she very much appreciated and she was very grateful and thanked him and she would talk about how God had touched her in the service and after a little while, he thought I could perhaps go twice a month and take her twice a month. So he volunteered to take her twice a month, and she was very, very happy. And so every time she'd chat with him what God had said and speak to him and perhaps I could go most Sundays. That man now heads up a major ministry in a very big church, and it's you know what the ministry is. It's all about transport of people who can't get to church to bring them to church. What started as a simple little act of kindness and generosity become a whole ministry I wonder what ministry lies in your heart waiting to be fulfilled Maybe no one's even heard of it Who'd have thought of doing the hair of strippers That's an unusual ministry to say the least But some woman touched lives through that Just took her gift and made it available Caught what was the heart of God Have you caught the heart of God today? If you felt God's heart, I'd like you just to raise your hand. God's been speaking to you today. Just put your hand up and say, I know God spoke to me, and I know what he spoke to me about. God bless, God bless. Many hands going up. Many hands going up. If God didn't speak, you didn't hear God speak, ask yourself this question. I wonder when the last time was that I actually heard God clearly speak to me about something if that's quite a while ago you need to put things right with the Lord and start to build that relationship right now Jesus we feel your love in this house for lost people we should open our heart to you today Father, I just pray for each person to put their hand up and respond and that grace would come around their life. we produce people like Mary, catch the heart of God, align with the heart of God, become generous, humble, and loving, and make an impact. We want to live a life that doesn't conform to what's around us. We want to live a life that brings to the light what's around us. We want to be like Mary, that have a heart for you and have a very passion for you creates disturbances around us. We want to have a heart like Mary that's generous and humble and abundant and giving and, and the very actions, the flow of our life without saying a word actually exposes what's really happening around us. We want to live a life that's powerful. We want to unpack people. Feel the presence of God here. Why don't we just stand now, just going to fly into that song, Jesus, Beautiful Saviour Don't forget to come back tonight, and it uh, <coughs> only be one hour service we go and watch the, watch the uh, game? It's going to be great We're going to win We're already winners <laughs> I had someone from Australia send me a text How's it going in New Zealand? I sent them back this, we're winning <laughs> Come on, why don't we just flow, let's lift our hands, sing that song Jesus, beautiful Savior, if you're here today and don't know Jesus, we'd love to pray with you. Why don't you come up and I'd love to speak with you and just pray with you today. If you don't know Jesus, why don't you make your way to the front? today. Thank you for your grace, for your love, for your care for us. touched her heart. She's come forward to receive Jesus. Maybe someone else I'll just give a moment if there's anyone else ready to receive Jesus. If you brought a friend with you who doesn't know Jesus, ask them to come forward and I say, I'll come forward with you if you'd like to go forward. Is there anyone else? Just give one more moment. I want us all to pray the prayer. It's called the sinner's prayer. It's a prayer to invite Jesus into the heart. Like you just listen to me and just follow me in this prayer. Prayer is just talking to God. And when we mean the words we say, there's faith in our heart. He, he, we can rely on him. He'll hear your prayer. No matter what you've done, wherever you've been, Jesus came to die on the cross for all your failures and sins to give you a fresh start. Today's about a fresh start. So just let's all pray this prayer. Jesus, I open my heart to you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins and rising again from the dead. Jesus, I'm a sinner. I turn away from my sin today and I turn to you. I receive you as my Savior. I ask you to forgive all my sins and to give me a fresh start. I receive your Spirit into my heart and I give you my life today. Before heaven and earth I declare Jesus Christ is my Savior and Lord and my friend forever. Amen. Father, I just thank you for noting. I thank you for her. Father, I pray for your love and presence just to come upon her now. Pour your love into her Wonderful. We have two people have come to know Jesus today. Isn't that wonderful? <clears throat> Welcome to God's family. Welcome to the family of God. We've got someone there who'll just give you a little uh, Bible and just. Uh, we want to find out a bit more about you and share with you some steps to walking with Jesus. You stay with us. Stay with us. Praise the Lord. Don't forget if you're a visitor, we've got a lounge down the back, stay and have a cup of coffee.
1: God bless you, have an awesome day. We love you. Bring your friends back tonight, get saved.